ladies and gentlemen, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Sean Mike Podcast. In this episode, we will be looking at the Nebraska game and their close loss against Michigan. So I appreciate anyone that takes time to listen, and yeah, let's get it. Okay, so I'm back here with you. So once again, I feel like we find ourselves in a familiar spot. Uh, as this Husker season has kind of unfolded, it feels like we, we do get here quite a bit, unfortunately. Another close loss. Uh, Michigan Wolverines were able to beat the Nebraska Cornhuskers uh, 32-29. to I get a turnover late in that game, uh, and they were able to hit the game-winning field goal after that. So, once again, Michigan came into this game as a top-10 team. I thought it was going to be close. You just had a feeling that Nebraska was going to be able to keep it close. At least I did anyway, that they were going to be right in this game. And that did turn out to be the case. So really when you look at it, this was a game that was pretty contested. Well, actually, it started off to where Michigan had a 13 nothing lead heading into the half. So Michigan was able to do some things. But at the end of the day, it was a two-possession game heading into halftime. Nebraska is able to respond in the second half, have it to where they cut it down to a one-score game. Michigan's able to kind of bounce back, but then by the end of the third quarter, Nebraska's actually able to take take a three-point lead uh, heading into the fourth quarter. So definitely, I know that there's not moral victories in sports, and that's so cliche, and you hear that over and over again, but it's really so true in a lot of ways. Uh, just going back to Michigan State, being right in that game. Oklahoma, being right in that game. Speaking of Oklahoma, what well, a heck of a game uh, and the Red River rivalry where Texas just looks like they were going to steamroll in that game. Uh, Spencer Rattler actually, you know, Heisman candidate gets benched in that game, and they come back, and Oklahoma ends up winning that game. So, Kind of an insane side note there. I, we'll see what happens the rest of their season and kind of where they're at QB-wise, but a yeah, heck of a game there. But, no, if we're shifting back on this Nebraska game, I think I think the defense really did a good job keeping them in the game. I felt like they were, they were in some tough spots over and over again, but really just even the fact that they were in at 13 nothing at half to at least give a shot in that third quarter – and second half to be able to make it competitive and be right in this game. Really got to give props to that defense. Obviously, you see 32 points on the board. And yeah, Michigan was able to score, but at the same time, they have athletes and they really have the caliber athletes are able to get under Harbaugh and just the just the kind of type of team they have when you can stay in a game like this and honestly down the stretch when you have a chance to win the game. I don't think you can really fault that defense. There's things that could be cleaned up for sure, but overall I felt like the defense kept this team in the game, and that's that's really what you can ask out of your defense. If I'm looking at if I'm looking at kind of the Michigan point of view and looking at their stats a little bit, so when I look at McNamara, he was 22 for 38, so not really an efficient game from him. So I think that's another kudos to that defense. It's one of those where he threw for 256 yards, but when you go 22 for 38, you know, no touchdowns, one pick. This wasn't an amazing game by him, but I want to kind of credit the credit our defense a little bit versus having it just be that. I will say they're running back Haskins. Uh, he was able to get a couple touchdowns, had a 50-yard run. 
Uh, so 21 carries, 123 yards. Obviously, this isn't how football works, but if you do take away that long run, that means the rest of the game he was 20 carries and 73 yards. So able to have him bottled up to a point, but of course you can't take away that long gain from him. Had a big gain. And they had their running back Coram. He had 13 rushes for 89 yards. So between those two, you know, that's over 200 yards of of rushing right there. Uh, Haskins averaging 5.9, Coram averaging 6.8, and they had a total of 34 carries. So defense able to play well, but yeah, Michigan definitely they had a, they've got a solid offensive line that shows really in the in the run stats there. So. Able to make some plays, but Michigan was able to have some success running the ball for sure. If we're looking at it kind of from Nebraska's point of view when we when he's owning this, so uh, Martinez, so he was yeah 18 for 28, 291 yards, uh, three touchdowns, one pick. So overall, and then when you pair that alongside of him, he had his eight rushes for 38 yards and a touchdown. So overall, over a 300-yard performance. Uh, for total yards from Martinez. I think it's it's one of those deals where it's hard because you really want it to be one of those things where that's kind of the story and that's kind of where you leave it at. Nebraska's able to get a top 10 win, but of course that's not the way it unfolded. So down, down the stretch, Martinez ends up uh, fumbling the ball, really puts... And it's one of those plays we're watching it real time. He was fighting for extra yards. I had a bad feeling once he was fighting for extra yards, and just because the reason why I say that is a lot of the times when you kind of get a cluster around you and you have got you see a player trying to fight for those extra yards and really seeing what he can do to get those extra yards, that is sometimes when you can be prone to get stripped for a fumble or whatnot because sometimes you get so focused on gaining those extra yards that someone can come in and strip the ball. That's actually exactly what happens within this case, so... It's just one of the. It's a tough deal, and the team keeps finding it. And it seems like Martinez is dealing with this too. Just personally, he finds himself where you know turnovers late kind of kills good performances or good days that he has. But this this team overall has kind of been that way. It just seems like whenever whenever the Huskers have a chance to take care of a top ten win, even with Oklahoma a top five win, Michigan State top twenty five win. Just not able to close the deal. It's like they're able to do everything to where I've honestly been encouraged watching these games. Call me a glass half full person, but I feel like Nebraska has been right there in so many of these games. But the harsh reality with with college sports and what a lot of people don't really like to emphasize is you can only be that close so many times. It is a bottom line business, and at the end of the day, it is a business. I know people don't like to hear that. But there's big money in D1 college football and, and college sports in general, but especially D1 college football, the biggest money maker of them all. It is a bottom line business. So it's kind of like you hear about it. The NFL, though, I feel like they're, they're a lot more blunt about it than the NFL. But I think with college, it's kind of getting that way, too. It is a bottom line business. You know, you're, if you talk to NFL players, especially guys that have been in the league, guys that are currently in the league, you just don't get those moral victories in sports. You either have it to where you get a win, you get a loss, you move on from there. You hear NFL guys all the time say, hey, you know, you might have four or five quote-unquote moral victories, but if those four or five games are losses, then that's all, that's all they are. 
update. Moral victories aren't a part of the stat sheet. Having said that, I still think you can say that there's improvement on this team, and I feel like they're heading the right direction, but it's not able to get get the game done against a, a solid Michigan squad. And Michigan, give them credit. Obviously, they had a lead early on. They, I'm sure that if you're talking from their point of view, they wish that they could have it be more of a comfortable win, but it really wasn't a comfortable win. This was a game till the bitter end, till they made that field goal. And... Yeah, so that's that's really my takeaway early on when you look at this game, just the fact that Huskers right in there till the bitter end, not able to close it out. Really could have won it, but Scott Frost is going to have to look for another time to, to beat a top 10 team or to beat a top 25 team because this game was not it. But if we're looking at it uh, from, besides Martinez, of course, because got the offense around him. So Ramir Johnson had 17 carries for 67 yards. Had a long of 24. Decent production there. Four, he was he was 3.9 yards per carry. You always want to at least see four yards per carry. But 3.9 is in that mix. 17 carries is a big one, too. Martinez only carried the ball eight times. And honestly, besides that turnover late, Nebraska is right in this game. So it's hard to be critical of Nebraska when they're right in the midst of this game. And they have a chance to be the top 10 team. So, no, Ramir Johnson had some good pr- plays there. But also, Ramir Johnson, his complete game picture is more of really the way to look at his game. He had six catches, 105 yards, had a 43-yard play, and a touchdown. So, Ramir Johnson had a good all-around performance, really just being that. I, I'm curious to see if we can just keep keep him rolling in that end, where he can be a passing uh Threat and have him, of course, be you know he's a running back. He's always going to have the ground attack too. One thing I was I was curious about is that we didn't see Yant a whole lot in this game. I thought I thought that they would really use him a little bit more to mix and match because Yant only goes for four carries and 14 yards. So I really feel like, especially coming off last game and the the performance he was able to have, I feel like they could have mixed him in a little bit more. But at the same time, I think that. When you look at this game, Nebraska was right where they needed to be with a chance to win the game. So even though I would have liked to see Yant more, it's really hard to be critical because take away the turnovers, and that's a big thing too. They're a turnover game. Uh, Nebraska had two turnovers, uh, one interception, one fumble. Uh, Michigan only has one turnover. They threw a pick in that game. Lost the turnover ga- turnover battle 2-1. to one. And Michigan won the game. Also, when you look at it, penalties, I think it was like 6 for 47 for the Huskers and like 6 for 60 for Michigan. They might be getting that flip-flop. But very even penalty, penalty-wise, only six penalties uh, per team. Pretty clean game overall. And so it just feels like they're right there. It's it's one of those games where you're, you really would like to see your team win. We'd like to see them take that next step. But... Wasn't meant to be within this game. So if you're looking at it, Henrich and Reimer. So Henrich had 15 tackles. Uh, Reimer had 12 tackles. And overall, when you look at it, it looks like Robinson was able to to get a sack in this game. So able to get some pressure and get a sack. But then when you're going when you're going throughout, I think that. That's kind of a takeaway when you have I have on my end. So that that one sack for the entire game, 
it's always tough. Like I said, Michigan seemed to have a decent offensive line. They always have one of the better ones. But just not able to get that consistent pressure in this game, be able to have it to where you're able to get, you know, more sacks, more and hopefully you'd like to see that force more takeaways because pressures kind of goes hand in hand with being able to get INTs, be able to get interceptions. But that's actually you know, what we're looking at. It's kind of making my making my way through here. So Williams, he's the one that ends up with a pick for Nebraska. I did not have to kicking game non-factor in this game. Not not really in a bad way. Just means. Uh, only had three extra points, no field goal attempts, so that was not the story in this game. Uh, it did look like, uh, yeah, the punter had four punts. Yeah, crazy average, 47.5 yards per punt. So, yeah, just kind of just making my way through the box score, making sure not missing anything. But, yeah, that's really my my takeaways on it when we're looking at it from a box, point, box score point of view. Got to talk right today. But if we are kind of moving on from there and looking at looking at it more from a complete team standpoint, so kind of one thing that, that hurt was 3-for-11 for Nebraska on third down conversion. So I had a little bit of a tough time. Michigan was 6-out of 15, though, so it's not like they were exactly crushing it on their third down conversions. Pretty even yardage-wise, too. 459 for Michigan, 431 for Nebraska. So not a whole lot of a difference uh, in terms of there. One thing that does jump out at me a little bit more once I look at it again is the fact that Michigan, when you really pile, separate from the yardage, when you just go more in the individual. So rushing, Michigan has 200 over 200 yards. Nebraska has about 140 yards rushing. Time of possession... Pretty even. Michigan did hold it for 34 minutes and change. Nebraska was 25 minutes and change, so wasn't exactly exactly perfect, but pretty similar. But I do feel like this Nebraska team really has some potential to be able to to make a difference moving forward. But I think it's been a really polarizing season. I feel like we we talk about this every podcast, but obviously. Just losing against Illinois early on in the first game of the year. Kind of put it off on the wrong start. Uh, now when you look at Nebraska, Nebraska's 2-4 and four after this game as they're getting ready to have an, up, have an upca- upcoming game against Minnesota. So we'll see where that game takes Nebraska and kind of how that looks against, against uh, Minnesota. Uh, that will be a road game uh, for the Huskers. Uh, Minnesota is actually three and two when we look at that game. So they lost uh, 45-31 against Ohio State in their opener. Uh, they beat Miami of Ohio by five. Uh, demolished Colorado. They won 30 to nothing in that game. Get upset by Bowling Green 14-10, and then they beat Purdue 20 to 13. So. Yeah, really highlighting it from there. Not really anything too crazy. It just seems like one of those that falls under, you know, a winnable game category. But at the same time, really got to, when you're looking at it, I guess the big thing that you got to factor is, yeah, of course that falls under the, 
the winnable game category, but Nebraska has been a little bit up and down in games more lately, but overall still has been up and down. So definitely we'll see what happens uh, with them. This does kind of feel like one of those games where it is kind of a turning point game. Nebraska is heading into this game 3-4. Uh, and four. Michigan's 3-2, and two, but when you look at the schedule, don't really know how much of a difference there is between the two teams right now. That will be kind of breaking away from the nighttime stretch. Though. It's going to be an 11 o'clock game. So, yeah, we've had a bunch of night games lined up for the Huskers, but this will be more of your right off the bat, you know, 11 o'clock is the earliest game on Saturday for college football. So, see what happens there. Like I said, this will be a road game. Good test for the Huskers. I think this is a game I could definitely see them winning and putting all the pieces together. But it is one of those deals where Nebraska does have to come ready, does have to put everything together. Uh, if we're looking at this, so they've got Tanner Morgan. He's uh, 47 for 90, 700 and change, four TDs, two picks. They've got a running back that's got 112 carries and 552 yards and pots. So... Looking at it early just from an efficiency point of view, so the quarterback doesn't seem like he's entirely too accurate. I would say Minnesota is going to, definitely going to be a team where they're going to probably try to do some trickery, probably going to try to pound it at Nebraska. That's what I'd assume their game plan would be. Pound it, kind of work the play action, see what they can get after that. But you know, I think that Nebraska does need to win this game if they want to build any type of momentum within this year, though. The reason I say that is... Nebraska has it to where they've got this Minnesota game up ahead. If they could win that, they'd put them at 4-4. Four and four. Then they've got a Purdue game. That seems like a pretty winnable game. And then uh, Nebraska plays Ohio State. So Nebraska played Oklahoma really tough. So obviously they were able to hang right in there. Ohio State is definitely going to be a challenging matchup. There's no way around it. You'd like to see kind of the same expectation you had in the Oklahoma game, that they're able to keep it competitive. Of course, you'd love to see an upset, but for now, keeping it competitive seems to be more of the realistic option. Nebraska's got a Wisconsin team. We'll kind of see how they progress as things go along and as their season kind of moves along. And then when you're looking at it, Nebraska and Iowa, and Iowa is just steamrolling this year. So Iowa's having a good year. So... I think Minnesota needs to be the game where where you get a win. You need to try to get a win against Purdue, too. That puts you in a good spot because those last three games, when you look at that stretch, it's just not an easy stretch. Even with Wisconsin not being maybe what they've been in recent years, Wisconsin still not an easy, play, easy team to play. So you want to see this team kind of build momentum where they can before they hit the home stretch. So... I appreciate anyone that's uh, taking time to listen to the Sean Mike podcast. I'll be back to wrap up here with you next. Okay, so I'm back here with you. So once again, I do want to say thank you for anyone that's taking time to listen to the podcast. Uh, once again, you can find this podcast where you always find it. So on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, feel free to su- subscribe to the Sean Mike podcast feed. You're always welcome. Always open to feedback, too. I mentioned Spotify Green Room. I think I'm going to try to use that a little bit more, get a little bit more familiar with that. That way, if I do want to bring someone on uh, as a guest, having that as an option, or just taking Q&A feedback. So, once again, I do want to say 
Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Sean Mike Podcast. You guys have a good day.